listener exclusive. It is Monday, June 27. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And, and thank goodness you found a lamp, Will, because... It was shades of the Waverly blackout of the late 90s when we started this pod. You were sitting there in complete darkness. You uh, had no light bulbs working in your house, but then you managed to just wrangle a a lamp into place so I can at least see your face for this recording. Here's the thing, Charlie. I am in a house that has no lighting. It literally only has lamps. Like none of the actual lights that are installed in the roof or the walls any of them work in any way and and none of it's fixable like now it's at the point where it's like lamps have taken over like you know we've just gone back to lamps the internet has gone down and this is old school it's heritage round at my house I, i almost had to get a candle going so i could get some light but basically when i first came on there was just the smallest amount of light in front of my face and the rest of me was in darkness and i i i have never looked sadder and <laughs> I looked like you looked when I saw you after the St Kilda game on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say like you know when it, uh, you're living in a house that's like plunged into darkness and you can't see any yeah. light that and I can identify with that I know I kind of know how that yeah, feels. Like this place used to have lights right? Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago there was lights here and Everywhere. they were working great. <laughs> the slow inevitable slide towards St Killing Me continues um it's funny, Will. I, I kind of thought that by evoking the name of the demon, mm-hmm. that somehow I would defeat the demon. Like, you know, you say Rumpelstiltskin's name, you defeat Rumpelstiltskin. So I'm like, let's name St. Killing Me. Just like we named Richmondy, just like we named Disappointing. I didn't reckon with how powerful St. Killing Me is. <laughs> like, it really is. Because it's not done with me yet. I know that much. Like, St. Killing Me is not done with me yet. There is more torture to come. No, I think this is hero, Hero's Journey stuff. So basically what has happened on this podcast over the years, for, if you've just tuned in, previously on Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL adjacent podcast, our first year we really started this show because both of our teams were shit and we just needed a place to vent about our teams being shit. And I was venting about my team like basically going out of business two years earlier and we went on and won the premiership. Okay, that's year one. We're done. Then we start absolutely riding Richmond. <laughs> Richmondy. We, we get them to like an era of premierships basically by negging them into success, right? <laughs> then it was Melvin. Yes, thank you, demon supporters. We, we, and like, we'll get to that. But once again, I've reignited your fire in a way Stephen May couldn't at a French restaurant. <laughs> so, so Melvin's back. And the truth of it is, in the last couple of seasons, we said this at the start of our season, what is the storyline of this season based on the pattern of this podcast? Mm. And it's Carlton. Yeah. It's da 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 yeah. It's their turn. St. Kill and Me, we're loading, right? This is early on in the hero's journey where there's been a bit of initial success, but then you've got to like get knocked back completely on your ass so that you can rebuild you've actually got to define the enemy before you can defeat the enemy and i feel like that's where 
St. Killer. You've tried to artificially, like, you know, inflate, accelerate the process of like St. Killing me in front of Carlton. Yeah. You were so desperate for Carlton not to be successful. You were like, maybe St. Kilda can be the new Carlton. <laughs> Let's just mock St. Kilda enough and maybe they'll be the new Carlton next year, my young friend. You're right. I mean, Carlton has been in the wilderness for longer than St. Kilda has and, and their time was due. But there was just a few things about I. That's the, only the second game I've seen live this year, and completes my um, uh, uh, my one hundred percent losing record of, of booking a game two weeks in advance, only to have us have a shock loss the week before, and then a more humili- humiliating loss the week after when I'm actually there to see the game. And it was weird because it was one of the flattest, most uninspiring games of football. A, you're at the SCG, which you know, when the Swans are up and about can be rocking, but when they're playing a listless opponent is kind of a dull place to watch football. And there was not a lot of banter in the crowd. Like I was being, you know what I'm like, I was given the Swans heaps, being really like just rude and kind of uh, completely one-eyed. And the Swans fans were just sort of like pitying me. There was no kind of banter back and forth. There was no one trying to take me down a peg or two. In fact, I did hear one guy, because I kept like complaining about like the free kicks that the Swans were getting and you can't touch them and all that kind of stuff. And I even heard one guy mumble under his breath, well, we've got to get a free kick for something, don't we? And it's like, say it to my face, mate. Come on. Don't mumble it under your breath. Like, I'm trying to get a reaction out of you. But they were all so polite. Like, some, I dare I dare say they were pitying me in a lot of ways. Like, the way you might avoid a rowdy drunk at the end of a bar. I was thinking not not so much a rowdy drunk at the end of the bar, but a child trying to get attention at a barbecue. Well, that's probably more it, it was like, yeah. It feels to me that there was a bunch of people just trying to have a nice barbecue <laughs> and you were the annoying toddler who just kept going around pointing at everybody and saying, mine, yeah. right? Like they were just like, oh... Yeah, or like the little kid who's dressed up in a suit and God, I'm the president. I'm like, look at him. He thinks he's the president. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> well, it's so look, there's that. And then there's the other side of it is that the, the Saints supporters are fuming. They're flipping out. And I even had like a few contact me because I sort of said, hey, you know, everybody chill. The sky's not falling, you know. Mm. And then I had a bunch of people say, see, the sky is falling, you idiot. I just want to say this, okay? Look, yeah, it sucks. And we're playing terrible football. But Melbourne lost three games in a row that they shouldn't lose. Fremantle lost to the Gold Coast in a game they should have won. They then lost to Collingwood at home uh, to a, in a game that they shouldn't have lost. And they were fine. The ship can correct itself. I'm not saying it definitely will, but they want the coach sacked. They want the board expunged. They want to trade Max King. Like there's the, the amount of fucking like crazy theories coming out at the moment. Look, I understand Brett Ratton's out of contract. And we should definitely wait to the end of the year to decide if we re-sign him. Personally, I don't think we should get rid of him. But here's my little incentive to Brett Ratton, right? He's trying to motivate a group of guys. And he's probably using things like pride in the jumper. He's probably using things like, you know, personal growth and development, maybe professional excellence. What if he just fronts up and says, guys... My fucking job's on the line. Like, if you guys don't pull your fingers out, I'm going to be out of a job. Do it for me. Do it for your old pal rats. Like, yeah. do you think you're St. Killing, you're St. Killing me? Yeah. And the me is M.E. Brett Ratton. <laughs> like, if he just makes it all about him, just goes like full narcissist and says, look, to be honest, I don't really care how you, where you finish on the ladder. I just know I need to get another contract. So I don't care how we scrape into the finals. Let's just fucking scrape into the finals so all sweet rats can get some of that moolah. <laughs> Mate, there's, if, if he really makes it personal... This is what I would like to say, where he's just like, guys, like Carlton, 
of all places like you're rubbing it in my face yeah. like they are doing so well <laughs> like i'm from there bloody vossi swanned in this is the year of like coaches getting at a second opportunity and you're just embarrassing me personally like my reputation as a legend a possible hall of fame is a famer of the afl guys not many of you are going to have hall of fame careers but you can help <laughs> me have one <laughs> It was bizarre, though, the sight of Paddy McCartan just, like, on the field with a bunch of Saints players but just playing really well and not getting a concussion. Like, it's mm. just – it defies – well, it doesn't defy logic. It's so logical if you're a St Kilda supporter that our number one draft pick would go to another club and just excel. And we were kicking it to him nonstop. Like – I don't know if the players forgot that he didn't play for us anymore, but they kept finding him in our forward line. It was insane. Yeah, that was the best way to get St Kilda players to find Paddy McCartan <laughs> with the ball was get him to play for another team. Well, um, the doggies, Will. Let's talk about the doggies because they're building. Exciting stuff. I know you thought in the first quarter that Ooh, we're not playing too well, but then that third quarter he just came out and blitzed the Hawks. Um I'm bullish on the Bulldogs again. I think, well, firstly, you've played Tough this. Tough run home. You've played Tough this, run home. But you've played this brilliantly. You didn't watch yeah. any football while they were shit. And then you yes. just come on board. It's <laughs> just starting to build some momentum. <laughs> and they're getting plays back. I, on the other hand, watched all the footy while we were good. And now I'm sort of trapped. Like, I, can I switch off now? Can I do the Will Anderson and just stop watching football from now on? I mean, you can. I think if we watch an entire season of football between us, that's an achievement <laughs> yeah, for the podcast. <laughs> that's why there's two of us. Uh, but they, but it feels like, look, yes, tough run home, but they've been there before. They're the bottom boys. This is just how they like it, in tight, down the bottom, under a pile of... Uh, they, you know what? I, I have said this about the Bulldogs a few times over the last few years, which is if they make it, they'll be able to have a crack at it. And that's where the Bulldogs are at now. Yeah. Like, I now know about this season, if we make the finals, we'll be able to have a crack at the finals because we've got to beat a lot of finals teams to get to the finals in the first place. So um, I think we've got Geelong in about five weeks. So, like, I'm hoping for six weeks for Tom Stewart just to be safe. <laughs> now, there was an incident in the match which um. I think could be the most two guys one cup moment of the season yes. so far. It's the head. Norton's come out with the jumper, and there goes the headband. Gee, I wonder whether it'll react like Bruce Gould used to. He's actually ripped the headband off Aaron Norton, and it's on again here now. I mean, BT's reaction is the way we react to a player wearing a headband. Like, it was like, oh, well, you're speaking my language, BT, finally. You know what I loved the most, though, was that... Uh, Never has, like, Bruce Dool's Google alerts must have blown up this week because <laughs> yeah. the amount of times that people dropped the name Bruce Dool in relation to this incident. But it was great because we've obviously loved, like, Aaron Norton's headband. And in this game, Norton had been absolutely fine. Like, he'd had an okay game. But it had actually really been about Shaqy and Jamara. They'd both started to really, like, take a lot of marks down forward. You know, that was the, the really exciting thing. And so Sicily, like, I mean... James Sicily. Like, the man most likely to be Kane Corns when he retires from his <laughs> football career is what I'm saying because this is a guy who is running for 
biggest pest in the AFL, at least on biggest on the field pest in the AFL. I was just going to ask so that. Look, I've actually put that in the run sheet. James Disley, oversized pest? Question mark. So that's my question to you. Can you be a pest if you're not a diminutive player? Like I've always thought that pest kind of related to the size of the player. Can you be a six foot four pest? Well, normally what they call that is a bully. Yeah. But what I love about James Sicily is that he's big, but he has decided to pick on players who are slightly bigger than he is. So still, I think it counts technically as being a pest because there's that moment where he... I just think he forgot how big Bontempelli was. Mm. Because Bontempelli's a midfielder and plays like a midfielder, you forget that he's like six foot five and like massive. And that moment where he just went over and like was going to try to like bully Bontempelli <laughs> and Bont just dropped Flinging. him on the ground. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, tossed him aside. <laughs> and then like, I, yeah, the Bulldogs players were saying this after the match, but I do think there was something in the idea that. Aaron Norton spends so much time in the gym these days that he is hoping that somebody is going to rip off his shirt. Right, so right. I, I, I wouldn't even go like so far as to say this, but like, you know, obviously if you're Aaron Norton, right, and you've been spending a lot of time in the gym working on that rig, right? Yeah. Hasn't been getting a lot of attention down at the Bulldogs, your rig, though, has it? Because there's been one rig yeah, that is like an Australia-wide, internationally famous rig, Bailey Smith's rig. But yeah. suddenly, I think Aaron Norton spies an opportunity, right? Bailey Smith's out for a couple of weeks. Yeah, There's a lot of thirsty Bulldog fans <laughs> who are missing their regular ab shots. And I, I believe that maybe even Aaron Norton said to James Sicily, look, this is over, mate could we go over on the half-forward flank and you can rip my top off for the ladies? <laughs> Do you think, like Hulk Hogan, Aaron Norton pre-tears the Guernsey so it comes off yeah. just a bit cleaner? It was it was all just, like, stitched together with spiderweb. Yeah. It, like, came apart really quickly. The, the thing about Norton's headband uh, is I think it's on the wrong player because clearly he wants a thing, right? That's his little, you know, his headband yeah. guy. He wants to be headband guy. But he already is distinctive enough with that big bouffant hair and the way he plays that, oh, he's the high-flying, you know, bouffant guy. He's white snake. He's flying white snake. Tim English is the dude who needs an affectation. Tim, Tim English should be wearing the headband. That's where I think it should have gone. I think it's wasted on Aaron Norton, who already has a thing. He's the astronaut. He doesn't need it. Headband astronaut, too much. I mean, I... I hear what you're saying. I, I personally would like to see him in the full astronaut helmet. I think that's what you're saying. But but if he can't do that, and he probably can't with the AFL rules, then what about if he and Tim English had matching headbands? Oh, yeah. The headband twins. Yes. Right? Like the Bash like Brothers. Like the Bash Brothers style, and the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> yeah. Because they're both tall and they can right. like they can coordinate like a tag team. They can coordinate yes. moves together. Like they both fly for the same mark, but one like blocks while the other one goes to the ball. And they have like cool handshakes and stuff, like high fives and right. things like that. That's what I want. The Bash I Brothers. Want, like a, a series of cool handshakes. Because you always see the little, little guys How about doing this? the cool handshakes, the right? Headband, the headband hombres. That's what they are. <laughs> They can call themselves, or is that culturally insensitive? Can we use the word hombre? Is that okay? <laughs> they also grow giant moustaches. Yeah. <laughs> so. And wear bandoleros around the wooden oval. Um, I, maybe, what about this then? Maybe there's one headband 
right? Well, one giant headband <laughs> that 18 I plays do. wear at once. <laughs> <laughs> no, at like at the like the start of the game, right? Like some somebody's handed the headband, much like when they get the presentation of the jumpers by the past players. Yep. You know, it's a very emotional moment. Maybe I'd oh, say this would be a great okay. All right, Tim. Ing- I'm sorry, Tim English. You've you're out of this now because I've got a new fantasy scenario, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so the Bulldogs make the finals. The Bottom Boys, like, let's say it's traditional. You know, the story of the Bottom Boys, right? And you know, Josh Bruce comes back in, maybe helps us win a preliminary final, but then doesn't injury, right? Jamara didn't play in the prelim. They decided to go with Josh Bruce. Aaron Norton kicked like six goals or whatever, right? And in the um, just in the warm-up of the grand final, Norton does an injury. Jamara's the sub and Aaron Norton goes over, takes the headband off yeah. and puts it on top of Jamara's head. What yeah. about that? Anoints him. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You're the new headband hombre. <laughs> well, headbrand head honcho, I don't know. <laughs> uh, now, the game of the round was a game I didn't yeah. see. Uh, Cats versus Tigers. Been overshadowed a little bit by uh, Tom so Stewart's good. bump on Dion Prestia. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of the good bloke defence? <laughs> I mean, it's better than the shit bloke defence. <laughs> like, if you're going if you're going to run a defence, like, I mean, you could go. Oh, come on. Well, of course he did that. He's a shit bloke. Like the Toby mm. Green defence that they yeah. generally need to run with. But I think that probably in Tom Stewart's case. It's true. Like, to me, the the good bloke defense for something like this, this wasn't, you know, your sort of karate kick to the face or your coat hanger behind the play. It was an act that a few years ago, everyone probably would have just patted him on the back for, you know, good hard play. Like, it's outside the rules now and he should get rubbed out for probably three or four weeks, I would have thought. I don't think it'll be longer than that. It's I don't minimum, think it should be shorter than minimum that. Minimum three. Yeah, so I, I think it probably three or four. They should, like, he, he deserves the... Guaranteed, he will come back. The week he finishes his, spe- his suspension is when he plays the Saints. <laughs> that is a guarantee. That's when he'll come back. Well, I th- you know what the thing is? I actually, I must admit, I did look at the fixture a little bit, and I think if it's four weeks, he comes back against the Bulldogs, oh, okay. which well, is not right, what then. I'm looking for. So my magic number is six, I think. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I don't think he's a good bloke at all. I've heard terrible things about him. Uh, doesn't even like cats. Drowns them in Correo Bay. Um, I think that Tom Stewart is probably a good bloke um, who did a stupid thing. But it is clear that Geelong have gone on the good bloke offensive. That is what I will say. It's like Chris Scott immediately was like, yeah, spoke to him after the game. Like, he was the first to say that it was the wrong thing. Um, he said he really, you know, you know he's, he's rung all the members um, of the Meatballs family. <laughs> he's talked to everybody already. This is like, the, <laughs> um, he's gone down, he's done a paramedics course. Yeah. He's actually working with victims of bugs. just <laughs> see him, like the Prestiers, like their doorbell rings. And there's Tom Stewart, like hat in hand. He's like, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah. Meatball. Uh, I'd just like to extend my deepest condolences to you and the meatball family. (laughs) To any meatballs that I've offended with my actions, I'd just like to apologise. It did feel a bit like that when Chris Scott was saying what he'd done. He was like, I just really, 
He's just mostly worried that it won't put him off his charity work this week. Yeah. He's got to work with a lot of orphan children and he just still wants to make those appointments. In fact, he's actually hoping that a few weeks off would be more time to spend with the orphans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dion Prestier looked very dazed uh, as yeah. he left the field. I mean, would you say that he was a spacey meatball? <laughs> spacey meatball. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, is that meatball allegedly sexually assaulting one of those other meatballs? Yeah, that's the spacey meatball. Oh, the Kevin spacey meatball. Sorry, that's a <laughs> different meatball one. entirely. Different. On the um, the good bloke uh, defence, Nat yes. Fife, two guys, one cup favourite. Nat mm. Fife uh, touched an umpire, and look, I agree that you know there was nothing malicious about it, and he shouldn't get charged or whatever. But I look at that incident, and then I think of the Greg Williams one from the mid nineties. And to me, they seem almost identical. Like maybe there was a bit more of a shove from Diesel. But both of them, you had players who were in an argument with an opponent who had their eyes on the opponent as they had their hands on the umpire. Is that another case of the good bloke defence? I mean, Diesel, famously, not a nice guy. (laughs) I would say it's more the introverted extrovert. Defence. Defence. Because like... We know this is the conundrum of Nat Fife, right? Like, he's an extroverted introvert, he's an introverted extrovert, and never the twain shall meet. And so I don't think he touched an umpire. Like, I think when Nat Fife is touching an umpire, he's actually not touching an umpire. You know what I mean? Like, that's the sort of guy I mean, he is. So hang on. So the, only way you can, the only way you can not touch an umpire is It's like is quantum physics. It's umpire. only in an observable state. <laughs> Yeah. But so, so like so you say theoretically Schrodinger's uh, Schrodfeiffer's <laughs> hand uh, it is in both states at once it's only once observed that it, that it finds a, a constant state uh, I it did feel a little bit like he was going through a congregation blessing them all like yeah. he was laying hands on each of the people on the way and then the umpire was just there he didn't really push him though did he he put his hand on his on his chest it wasn't it didn't feel like a shove no no it was more of a he was just creating i mean mm. nat fife i imagine is someone who likes his personal space like like mm. he, you know he doesn't take the time to learn people's names or whatever he flies his chopper to and from training like he doesn't really like people he doesn't know coming up near him so i think that's just like an instinctive reaction to sort of give him some space He's like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? I was socially distancing. Yeah. All I've heard about is socially distancing. Since he was photographed with his mask below his nose last year, he's been <laughs> in a player education training. But so he was clearly in a sledge with the, the, the uh, a sledging match mm. with the, the, the Blues players. What do you sledge in Nat Fife about? Like, what do you think you can, what do you think gets under Nat Fife's skin? I mean, he's good looking. He's rich. He's achieved everything bar a premiership that you can in the game. Mm. Like, what are you... Where's his weak, where's his weak spot? How, how does it feel to come back and ruin your team's chances for the premiership? It, you know, the wheels have fallen off since you've been back, haven't they? Team can't play with you in here. You can't adapt to this style. You're too selfish. You're down the front. You only play contested football. You don't actually play the freestyle, the, the Fremantle. You've come back and you've actually fucked it up. It's all about you, isn't it, Nat? It's not about... <laughs> I know now he'd be like, yeah, no, it is all about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are they letting me down? He's just nodding. <laughs> yeah, <he's>, no, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know who was scary on uh, last week, Will, was the Demons. Yeah. Um, I know you must be heartbroken by this. To me, it felt personal against you. 
the I way did, the, the demons I don't played. Know, I don't know why or how, but it really felt like it was personal. It felt like they're making a point to you. They The yeah. first quarter, you know, fairly evenly matched. I think the Lions are even in front uh, at quarter time. But then, like, Jack Viney came out like a human battering ram. Like, I was actually wincing looking at the tackles they were laying on the Lions. And the Lions aren't... You know, they're tough players as well. They've got like, like Mitch Robinson and, you know, Dane Zorko and Cam Rayner doesn't take a backward step. But they were being absolutely hunted and bullied and smashed around the contest. It's It was it was actually scary because I think all your prodding, Will, has actually made the Demons go to a next level. And if they win another flag, it's all your fault. I mean, it does feel like that to me too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but it does. I think we can't blame Zorko saying he didn't play, but no, no, I'm I just do saying agree. that they they have a culture of toughness. The Lions, they're not yeah. like a, a they're not a team that sort of folds easily. No, they they were disappointing. I so I actually I watched that game in the first quarter. They looked good and they squandered some opportunities and should have been like in a much better position. But then Melbourne and I was again. This is why I think it felt so personal. I've got to say. That for that first quarter, I was lounging in my Schadenfreude lounge. <laughs> like I was going, oh, delicious, <laughs> delicious. Like I'd, I'd had the amuse-bouche and I was just like, oh my God, this is fantastic. I, I'm going to settle in for a full degustation menu. But instead of degustation, it was degusting because it was, they, they were good. They were back to... Well, the, the the problem with their well, not problem, but the thing that makes them so impressive is their outside players are just as tough and good inside players as most other teams' inside midfielders. Like even their, you know, like Cozzy Pickett and stuff, uh, they just they're tough and they and they and they want to hurt you. Now, it wasn't just the Lions who were having a pretty tough night. Um, I felt sorry for one commentator. Uh, there's always a danger when there's someone on the field with the surname Hunt. Just listen to this little bit of audio. Oh, I, I, I heard this. Three times down each time. Up to the task, Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> that is on par. I didn't realise it was Hamish. That is on par with what is it you can't face, Maria, <laughs> from the sound it of music. It was... Like, of all people to do it to, Hamish, who would never go there, like purposely right mm. if bt dropped that in or jb dropped that in you might be like oh maybe they've been a bit of a smart ass but he just leaned into task yeah. a little bit too long at the end and yeah. the k really carried over to the hunt well it didn't stop there for a good old hamish um he had another observation now so remember last week i found a clip of him and he said that uh you know the blues have never been held goalless up to half time and they won't this week <laughs> and i was like that is the most pointless observation i've ever heard well he doubled down in the demons oh, yeah. game listen to this this cracker best mark in the goal square between these two teams since sean smith but nowhere near as good as sean smith <laughs> so why bring it up <laughs> i mean it wasn't, I laughed out loud when he said that because <laughs> he was right if he'd stopped. Yeah. It was the best mark between those two teams at the MCG since Sean Smith. But then he felt like, you know what, there's still a fair gap between this mark and Sean Smith. So I've got to point that out. And in doing so, completely dismissed the validity of the mark he was trying to give kudos to. I think that was one of those, you know, sometimes you can see a mark live. You're like, oh, and then you see the replay. And this was a perfect example of that. I think it was Oscar McInerney or, or maybe their, their other Ruckman. 
And like in first glance, oh, it looks like he got up really high. But then you see the replay and it's a ruckman jumping about half a foot off the ground. But it looks like he's rising, you know, a good two feet above his opponent. So I think he sort of got stuck in no man's land where he's like, oh, that's a great grab. Actually, it's not that good. No. So, and, and it's certainly not as good as Sean Smith's mark, which is one of the best marks in the history of the AFL. I agree. I think that or Nick Revolt, are my fa- the Nick Revolt at the SCG are my two favourite marks of all time. But the Sean Smith for pure, like, specky, standing on someone's shoulders, I don't think there's a better one. And I think that the thing about the Sean Smith one, he was a very good player, but I love when it's one of those players that isn't like necessarily like, you know, a 300-gamer, Hall of Famer, legend in every other thing. I just love that the mark is that one opportunity where somebody can just be really good at taking a spec. Now, do you feel like Sean Smith was grey early, right? Like he was one of those guys who was grey from a young age. Now, I don't want to make light of any medical condition he had, but did he get a fright? Is that what happened? <laughs> like did he, when he, oh, no, I've been drafted to the demons. Ah, He's terrified of demons. He's yeah. from a really religious family. Yeah. <laughs> Good news. You're going to be playing for the demons. The demons. <laughs> she goes grey immediately. Yeah. Uh, Will the Pies uh, are on the march. Uh, yeah. For some reason, this doesn't bother me nearly as much as Carlton. Um, what do you think that reason is? Because I agree. Like, I am enchanted by... I'm, you know, I'm not as anti-Carlton as you are. I, mm-hmm. I actually think that it's great that Carlton are doing well and they've got heaps of very exciting players. Um, but I am more enchanted by Collingwood as well. Why, why is it? Um, Cheeky Jack. I love Cheeky Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy Moore. I like a lot of their players. Pendles. Um, Dugowie is almost organically like making it really easy. The more he separates himself from the team, like the more I'm going to like him. So like they're, they're yeah. naturally weeding out anyone who I don't like just by, you know, the the, the, the the team they seem to have assembled. But I think it's also fly. I think I like the way his attitude towards football. And for a long time, uh, you know, that club was sort of under Eddie's kind of watch. And there was this sort of weight of, Collingwood history and legacy and the Malthouse to Buckley era, it all felt very, yeah, like legacy. Like it, it was kind of ancient, whereas it feels like there's a breath of fresh air and, you know, Craig McRae is coming with new ideas. We've got these new players coming in who seem to revitalise the older players like, you know, Howe and Sidebottom. And I mean, it took a lot for me to come, because after 2010, I thought I could never, ever enjoy watching a Collingwood team play well. But I don't know, there's just something about, the way they play and then the kind of play. I feel the same, I felt the same way about West Coast in like 2018. I never thought I'd like a West Coast team. But then, no, oh no, I like that player and I like that player and I like the spirit in which they play the game. Okay, riddle me this. Okay. So do you think, because you talk about the idea that you like Collingwood more without Dugowie playing, and I mm. think there would be players like that. If you're an opposition supporter... There's always a player on another person's team that you just don't like that stops you from truly enjoying yeah. watching that team play because you have some memory of when they played you or yeah. or whatever it is, right? The sort of player that, that when they're on your team, you love. you love, but on the opposition, you don't love. Is there any value in the Tasmanian team being a suicide squad? Oh, yeah. What if 
we say, like, I mean, and who better than Clarko to be the coach of a suicide squad, right? We're yeah. like, we're putting together a suicide squad. So you get Dugowie, you get Sicily, you get like Jake Stringer. Toby Green. Like, and you, Toby Green. I mean, it's a pretty good team, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the end of season trip will be a nightmare for the club to manage. But yeah, they should win a few games. <laughs> right. And, and they just say to them, you can do whatever you want. Like, you know, basically... The does Bailey Smith, it, does he get counted in the Suicide Squad after the year he's had? If he wanted to go down there and continue to go out and take cocaine, yes. Okay. Like, so it's that. It's basically that. If you get busted... If Willie Rioli's like, I'm never smoke... I'm never stop smoking weed, man. Smoke weed until you die. Smoke <laughs> weed like, okay, every day. <laughs> down to Puts the Suicide sunglasses. Squad. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. We'll show you how to make an apple into a bong in the apple aisle of Tasmania, <laughs> Willie. Come on down and join our suicide squad. Yeah, I think that's a great idea that, and great marketing too. I mean, it's also, you could sort of play off, you know, the sort of um, the convict history of Tasmania. Like we take the unwanted right. players. We, you know, we, yeah. we'll take all the players that, you know, aren't fit for mainland. You know, I like that. I, I actually like this a lot. So, who is there a player at St Kilda? Who's that? Who's the player at St Kilda who would be drafted to the Suicide well, Squad? Well, I don't know. I don't think we have any players that people hate. Uh, I mean, you know, if you want to get Stephen Milne out of retirement, maybe he can come oh, down yeah. and be your forward line coach. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, all the coaches are like also- Libba, Libba Senior, <laughs> Stephen Milne. You get Hayden Ballantyne out. <laughs> Yeah, I like it. That's a great yeah. idea. Hey, on this on Dugowie, um last mm-hmm. week, Robbo, you couldn't you couldn't bloody read an article or listen to a radio show or watch it without Robbo going on some unhinged rant about Jordan Dugowie. and like, I mean, look, I could I could have grabbed a thousand clips <laughs> where you could argue that people in glass houses, right? But just listen to this clip where he is. He's so incensed with the the, 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 the lack of respect that Dugowie has paid his club and the teammates. And look, at this is the choice of words he uses. So actually, football is saving you. And you're just pissing it in the, in the face of your teammates and your club. Now, did some video come out from Bali that I didn't see? Like, did you... Was, was there a P-tape? Is he getting him confused with that rugby league player who pissed into his own mouth? <laughs> well, I mean, chances are, like, I'm sure Robbo has, you know, when he's been on the beat hunting down a story, he's probably seen some shit. So he might have, he might have just mixed up his stories. But then, I, I think Robbo, unfortunately, when he's talking about someone pissing in the faces of their teammates, he's talking about that Adelaide preseason camp. <laughs> I think that's what happened there. I mean, and throughout all these rants, like, God yeah. bless Jared Waitley, just the patience of a saint just sits there calmly you know i watch his hands to see because i know when i'm on camera when i've done like interviews and stuff like you know i can see my hand if my hands are really like claw like i'm really tense or if i'm fidgety i'm very nervous but jared like a serial killer just sits there you know resting resting heart rate of like 98 just sits there listening to this idiot (laughs) ramble it feels like it feels like training doesn't it it feels like he's in some sort of like he's like he's a psychologist No, I think it's actually like he's made some pact with the devil or whatever, right? Oh, he's been like, punished. Well, it's a 
It's a deal. All right. You will be able to become the wisest sporting commentator in the land and have this degree of success, but in exchange, <laughs> you you will be chained to an idiot nightly and have to listen to them talk for an hour. So this is as much of a challenge as you'll hear from Jared mm-hmm. mid uh, rant from Robbo. And then listen to the way Robbo just puts his tail between his legs. So I'd love to talk about Port Adelaide. I really would. No, but we're, we're talking about Kenny. Go- oh, of course. We're, yeah, Kenny yeah. On. we're going to have it length with... I've got to listen Port. to you, don't I? More yeah. at the start of the show. We've got Kenny on. We'll ask him. Ken- <laughs> like, it was just... Like, he's like, oh, well, you know, this man is like, yes, mate, it's on the run sheet. We will get to it. And then just a little nod from Jared and Robbo calms down. Kind of like, you know, the way Scarlet, uh, uh, the Black Widow has that, like, phrase she says to the Hulk to sort of calm him down. It just starts, Jared just reaches over and gently pats Robbo on the face and yeah. just starts stroking him gently until he just curls up into a ball. We'll talk to Kenny soon. We'll talk to Kenny soon. We'll talk to Kenny soon. <laughs> now, uh, Brain Dwayne has become a, a huge oh, yes. segment. We're getting lots of suggestions each week. And this is great because it means I don't have to watch entire games. People are sending me their favourite uh, D- uh, Brain Dwayne moments. I mean, look, we may even have to come up with a sting for this. It's become such a popular segment. Um, there's some honourable mentions, which I'm just going to tell you what they are rather than play the clip. So, uh, uh, Rosie, show some cheek. Not bad. Mm. Not there, Vane. Um, uh, after Shea Bolton kicks a goal, touche Shea. Oh, like, yeah, touche yeah. Shea. I saw that one <laughs> yeah. live. Uh, holy moly Rioli. <laughs> yep, holy moly Rioli. But this is, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say oh, this is. Before, before you play one then, I'm just going to, uh, I don't think this one, but this, this is what I forgot to mention to you that I also saw, because it was very much in the genre of Dwayne really wedging in something that he had clearly pre-prepared. So I, I didn't even catch which player was. Uh, but like somebody had had a plate put in their hand. Mm. And so he said, oh, so-and-so had a plate put in his hand and uh, there's going to be a lot on that plate this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, this is, the I'm going to call this the runner-up. So um, uh-huh. this is him talking about how strong a player is. He's got that great bench press strength. You'd love him yep. pushing your bog ute, not so much your four-year-old on a swing. The, of course, well, the official unit of measurement when it comes to strength, can you debog a ute or can you push a child on a swing? Either end of the spectrum. Also implies that he has no control over his strength. <laughs> like, like he's Frankenstein hurling a child into the lake. Frankenstein's monster. It's like... I believe that someone who was strong enough to push a ute would still be okay to regulate and modulate their strength to push a four-year-old child on a swing. Uh, yes, but the winner of uh, this week's Brain Dwayne uh, mm-hmm. was uh, noticed by you and several other listeners. Yes. Sir Isaac, every one of his actions has a great reaction. <laughs> now, Sir Isaac means every action has an opposite and equal, an equal reaction. reaction. <laughs> I mean, if Sir Isaac Newton saw the apple fall from a tree and was like, you know what? Every action has awesome. a great reaction. <laughs> Just, it was awesome. An apple <laughs> fell from the tree. It was so good. That was my reaction. Sir Isaac, who was famous for doing reaction videos on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject of commentators, I am concerned 
about mm. the long-term effects of concussion, especially amongst key forwards. Now, Gary Lyon this year has come up numerous times. Mm. Uh, he called Nick Revolt um, bucks in, in, in one game. Last week, he mucked up uh, Brett Ratton and Ben Rutten. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, he had Brownie and Nathan Buckley on the panel. Listen to what he had to say here. Lead by five points, John Brown, Nick Revolt. I think Nick Revolt. Looks oh, like that big, do I? <laughs> he called Nathan Buckley, Nick Revolt. I mean... I mean, eventually you'll get it right. In one of these weeks, you'll get it right. He does breakfast radio and he has to work at night. He also he works of- with Nathan Buckley and Nick Revolt multiple times a week, every week. Yeah. Or does that make so it easy could, to muck someone up? I think it's easier to muck them up in that situation because it's not like he clearly thought one was the other. You're just used to sitting on that panel and talking to those people. So I think, it, look, here's, here's what I'm going to say. We'll, we'll keep a watch on Gary, but let's not rule him <laughs> out yet. <laughs> okay. All right, well, it's time for everyone's favourite segment. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Luckett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. That's right, Will. Time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And uh, to celebrate the Eagles' big win in the West... Uh, JJK, excellent in that game. So good to see him back playing good footy. Well, not back, but just playing good footy in general. Uh, I thought we'd look at an Eagles player who I've never heard of, <laughs> but I really liked his answers. <laughs> There's a mileage to be made out of this. If I was to say to you, Waterman, what's his mm. first name? Uh, oh. Was there a... De- there was like a Dean Waterman or a Chris Waterman. Was there a Chris Waterman who played for the West Coast Eagles? Was like, it Chris Waters? Chris I don't know. Waterman. Um, but the, no, he's well. The, this guy is neither of those. It feels like there was a Waterman. Is this like a current player or an yeah, old? Yeah, current player. Because if uh, to me, they're... he's a medium forward, 193 mm-hmm. centimeters tall, 92 kilos. He's played. Uh, d- does he play for West Coast? Yes, he plays for West Coast. Okay, uh, so is there any chance he's the son of the other Waterman? Oh, let's see. I'll click on his Wikipedia. His name is Jake Waterman. Ooh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. He's the son of Chris Waterman. Well done. Okay. Well, you well, sounds like really, you know more about his dad game, than you know about him. The, yeah, I was going to say, because the game was guess Jake Waterman, <laughs> and I guessed who his, his dad was. Well, he's played 60 games, kicked 52 uh-huh. goals. Um and you're going to try and get in the head of this person you know mm, nothing about. Nothing Which about. I always think is probably the best yeah. option for you, the less you okay. know. Right. Um, okay, so his favourite non-AFL, non-AFL, AFL sporting team, Premier League team. Mm. Easy okay. one. Manchester United. Manchester City. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. Because I don't know anything about Manchester City, but I know Manchester United. So you, that's one point. Uh-huh. Well, not three points. <laughs> I'm changing the scoring, the AFL scoring system to give you half a goal. Uh, does he go to AFL games when the Eagles are not playing? Mm, uh, well, I'm going I'm to go on my usual theory here that uh, being a Western Australian, the only other option is mostly to go to games that would have Fremantle. So probably not, no. Correct. All right, good start. Should the centre bounce be retained? Mm, uh, well, no. Yes. All right, that's okay. Uh, damn it. That's all right. Um, his non-football wish for 2022, fairly common, generic, uh, a, 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 a good boy answer. Good boy. Well done. Mm, spend more Sweet. time with family? Yeah. Well, family and friends to be healthy. Yeah. I'll give you that oh, one as great. well. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's going to get weirder. Trust me. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, but it will. Uh, scariest non-football moment 
this is a fairly common um, event. I don't think everyone's experienced this, but it would be scary, and it's not uncommon for people to have experienced this. Okay, it's not uncommon for people to have experienced it. Luke Hodge experienced this. Michael Gardner experienced this. I think um, Dan Hanabry or Morn Buddy or maybe both of them experienced this. Um, getting fucked up? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, drink driving? Did he drink drive? <laughs> um, a car crash. He had a car, car crash. crash. Oh, yeah, okay. but no one was hurt. Actually, no, Luke Hodge, did he have a car crash or he just, he just was drunk driving? Got drink driving, I yeah. think. That misled you <laughs> badly. Uh, who all the from? answers. It's okay. All the answers I was thinking I couldn't say. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. and probably weren't what Jake would have said either, I guess. Uh, what? Who rules oh, from Can Roof? I ask this oh, yeah. about Jake Waterman? Yeah. Was Jake Waterman one of the West Coast Seven? Like, what, was he one of the seven guys who got caught at the Nightclub. disco? I don't know. At the, night, at, at the nightclub when they were on the break. Is there some way that Podcast well, got, Mike, can you look up yeah. while we're doing this, can you look up the West Coast seven players that got like busted in a nightclub and see a couple if months Jake ago. Waterman was one you, of them? Yeah, you, yeah, just Google yeah, uh, West Coast Eagles players at nightclub. I believe they got recently COVID. sanctioned. So like it should be, hopefully you should be able to find it. Just type in Jake Waterman and see if any news comes up. Okay. Would be the, oh, you got it already? He was one of them. Yes. Oh, I'm going to give you Jackie. an extra point for that, Will. <laughs> oh, no, gonna... I don't think I, I don't think I should get extra point for fishing for other information. But I just want to get in the zone of where yeah. Jack Waterman sees his uh, football career. I'm going to give you that other half of the goal I denied you for okay, the first great. question. So you got a full goal <laughs> for great. people who are actually keeping score. Who rules the roost in his house? Uh-huh. This is always there's like always a couple of options with mm, this one. It's yeah. either... um, young man. Uh, so young man probably not living at home though right like I mean he comes from a football family but I wouldn't have thought he's still living at home um, he's at a nightclub with a whole bunch of other blokes so I'm going to say maybe he doesn't have a girlfriend like maybe this uh, is good deduction Will that's, that's my <laughs> okay. hint well done you, you, your bloody so process of elimination him, is him, very sound him or, his, him or his dog if he's into himself it could be him or it could be the dog I'm going right. to say the dog Correct. Well done. It's like watching Sherlock Sherlock Holmes <laughs> deduce. <laughs> Sherlock Abbey Holmes, you are. <laughs> uh, he went to Auskick in Adderdale, which I imagine is a suburb in, in Perth. Um, now, this is a bizarre answer. So the question is, what is the common theme of your school report card? And for once, it's not he's oh, distra- okay. uh, dis- easily, easily distracted, distracted and distracts others. others. And I don't know what the teacher was getting at with this, but um, I don't even know how to give you a hint. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> the teacher said to him, mm. it's something that you do really regularly, Will, as part of your job. Needs to talk more. No. Needs to talk less. No. <laughs> uh, I've, I, no, it's more part of the, the, the work you do, the kind of unseen okay. groundwork you do. Oh, as part of your job that you do every oh. day. I've seen you do it every morning. You're very... He's got to read the news? Read the newspaper. <laughs> what okay. kind of feedback <laughs> is that? Like, is it a particular teacher? Like, the, did he just do media studies or something? You, he should try reading the newspaper. Well, I mean, I don't know what that... That's a strangely specific bit of feedback for a teacher to give. I guess maybe he just wasn't 
up to date on what was going on in but the world. But the question, that's a nice Will, way of... the literal question is what mm. was the common theme of your school oh. report cards, which suggests <laughs> that this was mentioned more than once. He should read a newspaper. He should try reading a newspaper. <laughs> he should really try and read a newspaper, man. But maybe he would just come into school every day and just and just eat and eat a newspaper, just munching on a newspaper. Yeah, no, 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 Jake, Jake, Jake. It's not. Just it's not for try. eating. Just try reading it. <laughs> then you can eat it. But it's <laughs> delicious. The words make me smart. <laughs> That's how I study, isn't it? Um. Jake might be a bloody Rhodes Scholar for all I know. Who am I cussing? Well, he's not even re- doesn't even read the newspaper. <laughs> did he have a part-time job while still at school? Now, I'm going to say tell you that he did, and I want okay. you to tell me what the job was. All right. So Again, his dad was a an- common teenage part-time job. Yeah, okay. So his dad um, played for the Eagles. Yeah. And was his dad part of? The, if he was part of the infamous seven that went to the nightclub, was Chris Woodman part of the infamous group that went to Vegas that year? I mean, podcast I mean, Mike. If you can do a, <laughs> a little deep dive on whether Chris Waterman went to Las Vegas, just put Chris Waterman in Vegas and see in two thousand five. See if anything comes five, up. I think it was. Um, all right. So I oh, know. Well, he retired in. <laughs> Yeah, he started coaching in 1999. <laughs> okay, so he was probably a late addition to the trip. If he yeah. go. <laughs> um, okay, so he had a part-time job. Did he work at a, like a takeaway joint, like a fast food restaurant of some kind? No, no. Uh, okay. Um, there is food in these establishments, but you wouldn't say uh, necessarily it's a takeaway food joint. Okay, but it's not a restaurant. He worked at a restaurant? No. No. Okay, worked in a bowling alley. No, what? <laughs> no, like, what are you doing? Don't get too exotic. Just keep it simple. Where do, where do teenagers often have jobs? They yeah. have paper rounds. They yeah. work in takeaway food. They, mm-hmm. what do they do? They, if, uh, okay, my clue is, yeah. if Richmond play a Sydney blank. <laughs> if Richmond play a Sydney, what? Sydney. Complete the sentence. Richmond player Sydney game. No, his first name is Sydney. What's his surname? Oh, Stack. Yeah. Okay, so um, he stacked. He (laughs) stacked shells at IGA. Oh. (laughs) Okay, which teammate? Okay. Should run for political office. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who knows the heights that this player could fly to? Elliot Yo. No. Fly. Um, oh, to Could fly to... Soar to great heights. Liam uh, Ryan. Flying Liam Ryan. Sorry, <clears> I best... thought you... I literally thought you were making... This is terrible, but I thought you were leaning on the nose and it was like, Elliot Yeo's got a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I thought the clue was. So I... Or who knows, right? Yes. Because <laughs> you went, who knows? And I was like, oh, yeah. I get it. It's someone with a big nose. And I actually didn't even hear the rest of the clue. <laughs> well, considering the quality of my clues normally, that's a fair yeah. assessment. Um, okay, who's the best storyteller at the Eagles? <clears throat> um now, the interesting part about this is he uses a nickname for this player that I was not aware of. Okay. He calls him Chief. That's not what I thought his nickname was. Um, he is a one of the probably the top five players at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, has a brother who also is a footballer. 
Uh, okay, the, the big fella, McGovern. McGovern. Did you know his nickname was Chief? McLovin. Chief. I thought it was the I Glove. Mean, I thought they called him Glove. But maybe the Glove, Jeremy McLovin, as in he fits yeah, you like a glove. Like fits a you like a glove. And also well, they also had they called him Brackets because the yeah. 11 on the back of his jumper. <laughs> Again, these don't seem like nicknames your friends give you, though. Yeah. Chief might be a little bit more... You know, I, I like Chief because he has a he has the same body type as Jason Dunstall does now, so it makes sense. Uh, the best social outing organiser at your club is a player okay. I've never heard of. His name is Tom Cole. I'm assuming you've never heard of him? I'm assuming he was part of the nightclub seven there, surely. Uh, yeah, podcast Mike, can you confirm? Was yeah. Tom Cole Let's part Tom of the, Cole the nightclub Organised the trip to that nightclub. <laughs> Uh, who's the while well, we wait for that answer? Who was the most tech savvy tech savvy teammate? Mm. Um, oh, here we go, Mike. I don't think he was. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's where they've gone wrong, isn't yeah. it, Charlie? Like, yeah. I mean, they've... Tom Cole would have known. He would have organised a speakeasy where there was no cameras and stuff. Um, the most tech savvy teammate. His first name could also be a girl's name. Mm, Shannon Hearn. Shannon Hearn. Well done. That was good. Didn't even think about it. Um, I mean, you could also say Nick. I used Nat to have Nui. a T-shirt that said Shannon is a girl's name. Why? Uh, it was given to me when I was in a beef with Shannon Knoll. And oh. someone gave me a T-shirt that said right. Shannon is a girl's name, which I wore quite proudly. So <laughs> that one came quite easily to me. Um, rate your cooking skills from one to five. Mm, interesting. So lives at home. Yeah. Dog rules the roost. Yeah. Confident, seems like a confident young lad though. Um, I'm going to say four. Two. Ah. Two. What's his best dish? Um, okay. If I was a caveman, <laughs> no, uh -huh. if I was Tarzan. Yeah. If I was Tarzan and I wanted to show you that I'd bought a wedding ring for Jane, I might say this. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, me goring. Yes! Me goring, me goring noodles. Oh, well done. <laughs> oh! <laughs> me goring. Me goring. Um, worst cooking disaster. Now, I'm going to give you a clue on this. So, you know, uh, over the year, what players have said and what the most common answers have been. Yes. And there was a... There was Barbecue a spike. explosion. Right, okay. So yeah. think of that. But if Michael Bay was to do that answer, mm -hmm. what would it be? Um, well, it... I, as in... Because it's, it's normally like the barbecue caught fire. Are we talking, I blew up the barbecue? I exploded the barbecue? I yeah. um, I dropped my barbecue off a helicopter? No, but Michael Bay, <laughs> his explosions are to excess. Yeah. So, so he didn't just blow up the barbecue. Oh, he blew up um, the entire house? He blew up the house. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, sorry, he nearly blew up the house. Okay. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever made me goreng, but I'm not sure how you go from that to blowing up the house. Gas leak, I'm, I'm assuming. I'd imagine he's forgotten that it's on the stove. and he's oh, No, he's taken the me goreng off because he's put his two, you know, he's put his noodles in for, you know, the three minutes your me goreng tastes. He's, he's put his, like, little assorted things that you have to, like, dip in there at the end. Yeah. So he's banged all that in. I'm imagining if he's a two out of ten cook, he is a straight out of a saucepan fella. Like there is no way <laughs> that he's eating those meagering in an actual bowl, right? Yeah. So he's just taken the saucepan. Yeah, because he's a bachelor. Off the gas, yeah. off the sink. He's, out of, over he's, the sink. He's, he's gone into the. He's, he's got gone into the living room with the saucepan and the dog, and he's just like he's forgotten that the gas is on and he'll blow up the house. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, has he ever? Oh, sorry, golf, tennis, or neither? Okay, well, grew up in a sporting family. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say at least one of them. Am I right that it is Correct, one it's them? one of them. Yeah. Um, it's 193 but, centimetres, which yeah. seems to be important to you when deciding whether or not I know, someone, but, but, but like, you always get well, it wrong. Yeah, that's right. So I've decided that's not important anymore. I'm, I'm just going to say, I mean, they're both quite likely, you know, Western Australia, a good place to play both of them. Mm. Um, but I'm just going to go with golf. Correct. Uh, cheeky answer to this next question, Will. Have you ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Mm. He gives a cheeky answer that is a saying uh, that players like to use when they've had a good day. A good day when they've had plenty of touches. Um, is there a cure for blank? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. I've got this. So okay. um, I've yeah, had to look up uh, the symptoms of football poisoning or leather poisoning. Leather or... poisoning. Is there a cure for leather poisoning? <laughs> for leather poisoning? Yeah. <laughs> Can Jake keep a secret? Can you imagine, though, if, if that's not a joke answer? All right. <laughs> yeah, like he's literally, he heard about it, like he heard... Maybe, I don't know, Elliot Yo or someone in the club was like, mate, oh, leather poisoning leather has poisoning. gone home. I'm going, oh, shit. <laughs> Look, I don't want to get leather poisoning. Like, <laughs> Do I get that? I, I had sex last night. Can I catch it? For, is it transmissible? transmissible? Based on like the extent of his career so far, I wouldn't have imagined there were too many times he thought he had leather poisoning. Would there be? <laughs> if he got drafted the same year as Matt Rowe, do you think he calls him up and is like, Matt, you've got Matt. to get those footballs out of the house. 52 footballs. It's like a spezzo and asbestos. Uh, can Jakey Boy keep a secret? Mm. Uh, can he keep a secret? Well, they got busted for that nightclub, so... I know, which would imply, no, he cannot. Uh, he can. <laughs> he can. He wasn't He wasn't the stool pigeon in that group. Okay. Uh, his idea for a perfect day relates back to one of the things he... Uh, By the way, I'm, I'm fingering Tom Cole for... <laughs> Who's dobbed him in, right? Because like... I hope not. He sounds like Tom Cole's a very young boy. Well, what I was going to say is that he's normally their social outing organiser, right? Seven mm. of them have snuck off to a nightclub, coalless. Right. And I believe that he's the one who's put in the call. He's so you reckon like, Tom Cole makes a bit on the side as a nightclub promoter or something. He yeah. lets them manage the bar. No, I'll bring, some, yeah. I'll bring some players down and stuff. And then they've gone out without him. He's got so little like, cards that say, who you get a call? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, his idea for a perfect day is a bit of a joke answer, but it okay. relates to one of his earlier answers, something that he likes to do. 
blow up houses. <laughs> <laughs> so get up early, have some meager ring and blow up a house. Um, playing golf, uh, yes, something correct. and playing golf. Yeah. Golf and golf. Yeah, so golf. he's a golf nut. Right. Yes. All right. Now, here's my clue. The next three answers have a common thread. There's a commonality to all of them. All right. So if you can get one, you're going to get the yeah. next three. But if I okay. don't get one, I'm fine. So I'm just going to give you what all three questions are, okay, and then okay. we'll go back to the first one, and maybe that'll help Good. you shake loose. Love it. Okay. Something that you're proud of, your biggest fear, and the biggest compliment you've ever received. Okay. It's pretty Something much all the same of. thing. Okay. Your biggest so, fear. So the commonality isn't his dog. His dog is mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's somewhere that his dog would spend quite a bit of time. His dog would spend quite a bit of time at the beach. Closer to home. In the backyard. Yes. What's in the yard? The pool? No. <laughs> uh, the What's in the yard? He's got a, like a putting range. Does he have a putt, a, like a golf range? Does he have like a... What's like a, a what, is, what is that made of? Grass? <laughs> yeah. Commonly oh, known okay. as? Uh, lawn? Your... Lawn. Yeah. So something you're proud of, my lawn and my, my dog. Lawn. Your biggest fear is my dog, something happening to my dog. No, wrong part of the something equation. Something happening to my lawn. Yes. <laughs> my lawn not being a fairway green because he loves golf, remember. And the biggest compliment you've ever received. Nice lawn. Wow. That's a green lawn. <laughs> Oh, if Eric, I don't know what I'm going to Eric, if Jake could play an instrument, what would it be? Mm. It's been a lot of piano, but he just doesn't strike me as a piano guy. A rock and roll instrument. Yeah. So drums. Electric guitar. Ah. What series are you binge watching? A lot of players mention this one. Uh, what have been players been binge watching? Um, it's, there's survive. lots of episodes of this. Uh, the US Office. The US Office. His best movie of all time, he gives two answers. One is a Will Smith vehicle, co-starring Margot Robbie. Yeah. Do you know that one? Uh, I know the. it's it's about the, the grifters, they're con yep. people. Do you remember what it's called? It's called... Conned, grifted... Focus. Focus, yes. And the other is a MMA drama starring Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy. Warrior. Warrior. Two favourite Underrated movie, Warrior. I I agree with him. Actually, I I don't mind... I mean, I would not say that either of those two films are amongst my favourite films I've ever watched, but they're both okay films. That's a very enigmatic series of answers, though. Like, he's yeah. sort of all over the shop, isn't he? I, <laughs> like, I'm he's blowing intrigued. up houses and loving I'm, his I'm, lawn. I like him more. I'll take an interest in his career post this. <laughs> this is one of these occasions where the pocket profile really gets me engaged in their career. I'll be on his side from now on. Uh, well, that is the pocket profile pocket for this week. We're going to go into the mailbag. Before we do that, we should let people know that we have another podcast called TOEFOP, which is just like this one. 
but with slightly less football chat. You can find it at tofop.com. We also have another one called Fofop, which is kind of like this and Tofop, but it's Will and I talking to other people instead of each other. This week, film reviewer Guy Davis comes on. We talk all things movies. Will, if people want to uh, contact us, they can. All they have to do is go to Twitter, Two Guys, One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. They can send us a message. We ask for people to send in questions at the end of every round. Here are some that you can answer or at least comment on. Uh, April wants to know, does concrete take a teaspoon of Jack Viney if it needs to harden up? Good, good stuff. <laughs> Joe Brada <laughs> says, on a scale of Prestia to 10, how little did the umpires care about concussion on Saturday? I don't know about that. I think What can know, they do? Well, yeah, what are they meant to do? What are they meant to do? I think there was discussion around why it wasn't a stretcher called or whatever, but if the player says they can walk off, you let them walk off, right? Mm, maybe not anymore. Maybe, I mean... I did think it was weird they didn't just immediately stop the game. I think it's weird often that we don't stop the game if there's a major injury. I don't really see what the... I mean, I know that we like to keep the game going, but like, if, if it's clearly a major injury, particularly head injury, I reckon we probably should just stop the game and get them off, right? I don't. I reckon it should be bonus points if you can kick the ball and hit the injured player. <laughs> you, should get, you should get 12 points. It should be a 12-point game. Uh, Rupink number six Rupink six says does being a Saints fan feel like your gonads are being constantly crushed uh, I think it's more equivalent to your gonads were crushed a long time ago and then every time you turn on the TV you watch a documentary about the time you don't, you, you, your gonads were crushed <laughs> just constant <laughs> reminders <laughs> uh, Justin of Elwood wants to know what was the food like at the SCG did Justin Hems do a gourmet jam donut no I was gonna say now tell me what the f- did you eat food uh, I did not eat any food but I did pass several um, uh, uh, b- boutique eateries oh you know one thing that was pretty amazing were there were these guys walking around with these beer dispensers that looked like they like Ghostbuster proton packs mm-hmm. but they would just like hit a trigger and it would spit out cans and you get like two cans in your hand, which was pretty cool. Um, but there was Greek donuts, um, all like these Greek donut stalls everywhere, which I don't know what they're called, what the, the Greek name is, but they're these little, you know, balls of deep fried dough and you could have like, you know, strawberries on them or Nutella or chocolate or whatever. And it was like, no hot jam donut, Greek donuts. I'm like, SCG, don't ever change. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Samil wants to know now that Collingwood can put their own backs against the wall in a game and then push off that wall and still win games does that mean they're going to win the flag that's an interesting mm. concept that they can put and pull their backs off the wall they, they does it still work wall. like that well maybe what they've done is that they're now bringing their own wall they're just adjusting where the wall is they're putting up an artificial wall um, now this is the first bit of negative feedback I think we've ever received. Oh, no. Uh, this is from an account that I checked out that has like two mm-hmm. followers. Okay. Monkey Dog Pig <laughs> is okay. the name of the oh, account. No. When yeah. I put out our call for mm. uh, questions or comments, he just wrote, fuck me dead. Ricky Gervais is the McDonald's of comedy. Do you reckon your head has taken permanent residency up your own, own ass? Or may there be an extraction, no doubt, in the distant future? And then... That wasn't enough. He followed up with another tweet underneath that saying, you completely ruined my drive to Bunnings. Just an epic circle jerk, that segment. <laughs> do you know what he's talking about? Did we, no. did we do a bit anti-Ricky Gervais bit on I mean, Two Guys, I, One Cup? I 
can't remember how we would have. Like maybe <laughs> on some maybe on some other podcast I've talked about Ricky Gervais. Was, A podcast mic is here. Uh, yeah. It was on your recent faux fop, I uh, think with Ben Russell or yeah. possibly Ben Lee. One of the two. Yeah, okay. One of the All right. There you go. Yeah. One of the Bens. I talked to... Uh, so not the right place for that feedback. No, pull me into it. Like responding to my call for questions about the AFL round. Anyway, monkey pig dog, not happy with you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, monkey pig dog. <laughs> uh, Pashka Bolka says, is Clark going to coach St. Kildare next year when the board overreacts and sacks Ben Rutten, Brett Rutten? Uh, look, I don't think so. I, I feel if I feel if St. Kilda have learned anything over the past 20 years, it's like you don't just knee-jerk react, sack a coach. And I don't know that the Messiah coach is the answer i don't think that's what we need if we're going to sack ratten i would almost prefer that we actually went to one of those kind of highly touted assistants someone's got some fresh ideas i i just i mean alistair clarkson is a great coach one of the greatest of all time but footy moves very quick and i just don't know that like a year out of the game and they weren't going that great the hawks before he left i don't know that he's the answer i don't think ratten's the problem no i don't think so either uh Helen says both Jared Healy and Dwayne Russell kept calling Charlie Dixon King Charlie during the Suns Port game. Any thoughts on why? I know he kicked his 300th goal, but surely that doesn't warrant a coronation. I think it was also a milestone game for him. He can be King Charlie if he wants, can't he? I mean, yeah, like not every king like has to be like the king of the world, right? Like you know, there's King there's Willy. Bloody the Donut King. Exactly. Donut King. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine for Charlie to be King Charlie. Uh, Although, is he a, like, how many goals has Charlie Cameron kicked? This year? I yeah, don't know. No, like, I'd in, say, 20, no, I'd in, say 20, 20 plus. In his career, oh. how many goals has Charlie Cameron kicked, do you think? I don't know. Lots, I'd imagine. More or less than 300 is what I'm asking you the question. What Do you think Charlie Cameron's kicked more goals than Charlie Dixon or vice versa? I that's a good question. I reckon he has. I reckon he's kicked three fifty, and Dicko's kicked three hundred. Okay, M- Michael, could you please look up how many goals uh, Charles, Charles Cameron, Cameron has cooked, has cooked, cooked. <laughs> has kicked? Uh, because I just want to know who is the actual King Charlie. Because I think you can call Charlie Dixon King Charlie if he's kicked more goals than Charlie Cameron. But otherwise, surely Charlie Cameron is King Charlie, um, or King Charles. Do you want to guess or do you want me to just say? Is uh, it higher or lower than 300? Ah, uh, it's lower. Oh, really? Okay, interesting. <laughs> That's right. surprising. Uh, it says 270 here. Okay, 270. Yeah. All right, okay. So, well, you know what? I take it back. King Charlie Dixon. <laughs> uh, Max says, to fit in with the positive vibes on the weekend, have you got any advice on Toots me as a North supporter? I'm starting to feel like I might be better off watching the Rubino Ruse. Yeah. I don't have any advice. I read a stat today that North have lost 10 consecutive games by more than 40 points, which is like a record, a league yeah. record, like a pre-war, <laughs> like pre-World War II record or something like that. They're, uh, they're really oh. bad, North Melbourne, yeah. and it's sad. Mm. I am Are you another, another <laughs> I'm going to call my dad. <laughs> you sound like Ab's writing a rap. <laughs> Uh, Todd says, who made the worst decision in the offseason, Bailey Smith or Hugh Greenwood? It's got to be Hugh Greenwood, right? Um, the Unplugged podcast, who I potted last week saying they're overreacting, uh, followed up. Are St. Kilda fans still overreacting? 
or might there be a rhyme or reason for such a reaction? And when does your term in the sensory deprivation tank start? Well, I'm going to watch the game on Friday against Carlton. If we fucking lose that, then I'm definitely going into sensory deprivation for the rest now, of the season. You're not going to watch it live. Though. You're going to watch it from the comfort of your home or you're going to watch... Oh, no, no, I'm not flying down. I've learnt my lesson no. for okay. that. I was going I'm going to catch Dear up. Dear God, I'm Charlie, pro- no. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, this is a bit of interesting trivia. Uh, Mark Laz sent in this. The origin of the word twerp. Do you know where it comes from? No. The origin, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, writes that it may have been coined by uh, J.R. Uh, Tolkien around 1910 from the name of someone called T.W. Earp. Twerp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that also, you know, is on Wikipedia, so citation needed. <laughs> That's all Tim, I'll say. Tim Wyatt Earp, twerp. Uh, let's just whip through a few more of these from Instagram. Uh, again, Two Guys, One Cup, AFL on Instagram. This is from Adrian Reed. Sticking fat is a peculiar regional expression that never fails to creep me out. Yeah, I always flinch when I hear a club talking about sticking fat. Yeah. Feels like something that happens in a teenage boy's pants in summer. Or in Adelaide pre-season camp. <laughs> Nisco Mock Nisco Mock Nisco Mock Nisco Mock Are GWS going to be okay? I'm asking for a friend who used to get who got used to finals appearances Yeah, I think I think GWS will be fine More than fine They're just playing out this season If they get a high draft pick they'll just add it to their like Scrooge McDuck they'll just open their basement filled with gold and just toss another High, high price draft pick onto that pile. I think GWS are at the point where they're playing okay, but there's not really much value in them winning any of these games. No, absolutely they're, not. They're a bit like Hawthorne. Like, so when Hawthorne yes. were playing the Bulldogs, Hawthorne played well in the first quarter, really well in the first quarter, and played okay in the, the last quarter. It's better for them to show those signs, like where you go like, oh, geez, Mitch Lewis is going to be an absolute gun, or like Newcomb's like amazing, or, you know, like to be able to see that is much better than them actually winning a couple of games and stuffing up their draft picks. You'd rather just develop that good... I think that's what all those that-level sides should be doing. They should be trying to play as entertaining football as possible. And But you don't really want to win, do you? Here's what I'll say. As a, a guy who's supported a club that's just like perennially you know, under-delivering, your pre-season next year will be amazing. It'll just be filled with hopes and fantasies and what can happen and we've got these draft picks and we're going to be playing Himmelberg in the back line now. Maybe that's the shot in the arm we need. So you're going to have a great preseason filled with potential and then reality will come crashing in. <laughs> um, whole Meal has a question for podcast Mike. Okay. Wants to know how your whole footy experience is going, Mike? Uh, yeah, thanks, Whole Meal. I appreciate you checking in on the... That sounds like padding. Just meal. answer the question. Uh, <laughs> Um, Yeah, look, unfortunately, we've had a lot on this year, so we haven't gotten as into uh, the season as we would like. Oh, my God. If this was um, a press conference, if this was a coach trying to defend a terrible performance, I'd be the journal on the front row saying, how can you defend this? How can you defend... You said at the start of the year it was going to be Mike's big year of footy. Yeah. You promised you, you yeah. promised the fans, you promised yeah. the supporters. Do you want to apologise to all the two Guys One Cup listeners right now? 
No. Do we need so a review? on behalf of all of us here... No, don't speak, no, speak for us. Two guys, one cup. Okay, well, on my behalf, I would like to say, due to, you know, several things, and let's be honest, audiences are down at AFL matches. <laughs> that's also part of it, so they have to sort some stuff out. But, um, look, what I, what I will say is that we have decided... <laughs> And this is a this is a world first announcement that 2023 will officially be Mike's bigger year. Yeah, we're going to get really into it next year. We haven't quite got there this year, but we have everything in place to get here to get there next year. So thanks for checking in. You know in, what I love, you? Mike? Is yeah, you haven't you you absolutely haven't embraced football, but that is a perfect football coach speak that yeah. is look we, we we knew this year but wasn't really going to be the year we just yeah. wanted to make some inroads this year next year's going to be our real mike would like to announce his five-year plan yeah. <laughs> it's a re we're in a rebuild a re let's mention the r word yeah so we'd like to say on charlie and my behalf that you have the full support of the tofop board <laughs> which means we're going to replace you at the end of the year absolutely <laughs> Um, all right, that's it. Thank you to oh, everyone. Can we just before wrote... we go? Oh, can I yeah. just highlight the fact that uh, podcast Mike? Also, I just love that he threw a little backhander to the AFL on the way through. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Well, crowds are down across the <laughs> AFL, so they've got some things to look at as well. This isn't all on me." I was like, "Chris Scott's answering this. <laughs> it's perfect." The perfect misdirection. Oh. So push the blame onto someone else. Uh, yes, thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, again, if you'd like to contact us, you can. Uh, if you want to send us a longer message, you can go to tofop.com. There is a contact Except for you, mad there. pig dog or whatever your yeah. name was. <laughs> pig, pig, pig dog. Man, man bear pig. Uh, oh, I'll, before we go, I'd also like to plug, uh, I've got a new uh, season four of Dad Pod, a podcast I do with Osher Ginsberg, a parenting podcast. We're back, and this time we've got expert commentary. We sort of fumbled around for the first three seasons trying to give tips, and then we're like, why are we the ones giving the advice? We do not, not know what we're doing. So season four of Dad Pod features experts in the field. The first episode went up last week. There'll be a new one coming out this Wednesday. So check out Dad Pod wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, Will, if, you got anything to plug? Yeah, if you're in Melbourne uh, or Sydney, actually, it uh, looks like there will be a small series of return gigs of Wological, probably at the Sydney Comedy Store. There'll only be like maybe four or five dates, but if you did miss seeing that show and you would like to see it, there'll be some Sydney dates and then it looks like there might be one big one-off night again in Melbourne. So if you miss We're Logical or if you'd like to see it again, there may be an opportunity end of July, early August, I reckon, to see that show show one more time. Yeah, yeah. Go see We're Logical one, one, one more time. <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to I was trying to find a way to piggyback off the back to find a, a neat outro, but I completely stuffed it up. Like St Kilda in the back half of their season, completely, completely stuffed it up. Uh, but that's two guys, one cup this week. Thank you again. Uh, as always, play on, not fifteen. Ball.